the Masa Podcast. My name is Mayling, the Masa VP External, and I'll be your host for this episode. Today, our guest speaker is Miriam Goeri-Nejad, who holds the position of Senior Talent Acquisition Consultant at Sun Life. Hi, Miriam. How are you doing today? I'm very well. How are you, Mayling? I'm very good. Thank you for being here. Um, so in this episode, our guest speaker will answer many questions related to interviews and how to prepare well for them. We'll go through the main steps of an interview, how to improve your CV, and much more. So let's start by getting to know more about our guest speaker. So Miriam, tell us about yourself and your current position Yeah, thanks for asking. Uh, and again, thanks for having me on the podcast today. So uh, as you mentioned, I've been with uh, Sun Life for about two years now, uh, working on the early career, so campus recruiting side. So I do support recruitment for co-op and new graduates at Sun Life, as well as our experienced actuaries. Um, and, you know, I've been in HR and recruiting my entire life, but I think I have a particular bias towards student recruitment, just because I have a, you know, I have a passion of Of, uh, of seeing them progress in their career. Yeah. Perfect. Well, very great to have you on the podcast. Um, so let's start with the, the big question. How should students prepare for interviews? Yeah, really, really good question. And I think, um, you know, be, before even going into how to prepare for an interview, you know, students do a lot of interviews and, you know, they're interviewing with a number of different organizations. So I think it's key going into the interview season to really understand what you're looking for out of your next, you know, co-op or an internship or even new graduate opportunity. So first things first, know what kind of skill sets or professional development opportunities you want to gain and know which companies can provide those to you in your next you know, term. Um, so that's the one thing. And then that way that will help kind of drive some of the conversations in the interview. But I think the first thing is understand the role that you're applying for. So review the job description, take some time to understand some of the skills and competencies that the employers are looking for. I wouldn't say you have to memorize the job description, but just have a general overview even of maybe how they've described the department makeup or, or you know, how you, you would contribute uh, to that team. Mm -hmm. um, another key thing is going into the interview, it's important to know what are your key strengths. And, um, and from strengths and skills, I talk a little bit about soft skills as well as kind of those hard technical skills as well. So, and I'm going to take that one step further. It's knowing what, what's the value that you're going to actually bring to the organization or to that team. So it's not just saying, you know what, I have, you know, really great programming skills or I'm really, really strong in, in actuarial science and I understand those concepts. But it's, you know, looking back at some of the projects maybe that you've worked on or even academic achievements, what is the value that you're then going to bring to the team kind of a, an add-on? is important to look at. And then of course, soft skills, you know, we always uh, more and more that's becoming so important, even more important than skills nowadays, you know, communication skills, leadership skills. So again, draw from some of your own personal experiences, whether it's volunteer work where you were a leader and, you know, how you think you led that team to success is really key and, and some of the uh, skill sets that employers want to hear about. Um, Going back to kind of what I said earlier, researching the company, and I don't mean research the history. <laughs> so we don't want you to take us through a history lesson, um, but we definitely want to know a little bit more about 
are there certain things that are important for you that you've identified the company is doing? So for example, if you're part of a Clean Air Act association at your school, that's just an example, um, then is the organization taking part in some of those initiatives? And when I'm in an interview, I love when students bring some of those topics up when they say, you know what, I noticed that, you know, Sun Life is doing, you know, this type of work in this space. And that's, you know, what I'm passionate about. And this is how I've been involved in my on my own side. So I would say that's, that's what I'm talking about more. So when I say research, mm-hmm. um, practice, and I'm going to take that a step further. Don't just pull up a list of behavioral questions and start practicing on your own. I say practice with friends and family if you can. If you know someone who's a good at interviews, uh, get on Zoom with them. Now everyone's kind of using Zoom uh, nowadays. So get on Zoom with them and, you know, throw some questions back and forth and let them give you some some tips and advice on how maybe you could have structured your answer a little bit better, right? So that's how I would say practice a little bit. Um, And one final piece I'm going to add to this preparing for interview, if you have the time, something you should always be doing is networking. Um, But if you have the time in advance of your interviews is find some people within the organization, whether through LinkedIn or through friends and, and, you know, other resources that you can connect with before you go into your interview. That way they can give you some insight into the organization or if they're part of that team, even better. So I'm going to pause there because I think there's a, that kind of covers the core of how to prepare for an interview. Yeah, that was some really good points. So definitely a little bit of research um, about yourself and about the company. And also, like you said, networking is a good way to get to know the company beforehand. Um, Now let's talk a bit about what are the main steps of an interview and how to ace each part. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, you know, the first uh, thing is your presentation and that first impression that you make to an employer when you, you know, are either on a virtual interview or an in-person interview. And that presentation from the start is absolutely critical. So, you know, it's about your body language, it's about your facial expressions, your hand gestures, um, eye contact, which is very critical, a smile, um, and even just small talk at the beginning, just, you know, how, how are you doing? How's the start of your new year's been for you? Uh, you know, I think COVID's a hot topic, you know, just saying, how are you coping during COVID? Mm-hmm. You know, just have some small talk and keep it light. I think it helps to break the ice a little bit instead of going right into the, the format of the interview. Um, I think also um, the next step that an interviewer will usually walk through is, is the the format of what the interview will look like. And then any good interviewer will say, this is what you can expect in the next 45 minutes of our interview. Um, so it's important that if you have any clarifying questions, you ask those right from the start. Um, if there's any confusion, for example, um, the next kind of section of the interview is typically the the interviewer wants to know a little bit more about your experience um and you know know, whether that's academically or whether that's you know any prior co-ops or internships so that's where i think a lot of students tend to just draw on their co-op and intern experience and it gets very technical Um, one thing i want to add is that employers really want to know a little bit more about you and what you do outside of school? What do you do outside of work? 
right? Are you someone who has taken up an instrument? Are you someone who's part of a band or an athlete who loves playing soccer every weekend? Um, whatever the case might be, we do want, you know, some of that genuine personality to come out. So I, I'd say, you know, try not to always keep it so formal and, and technical in your answers when you're talking about your experiences. Try to draw a little bit about yourself and what makes you unique um, to the table. Um, and so that's, I, I think, uh, one of the key things. Um, then typically to interviews, uh, you know, will usually go into behavioral questions, right? Scenario-based questions. Um, they want to be able to ask these questions to understand how you would um, approach those type of situations. And that's a great way for employers to actually see how would you come in and if you were faced with a certain situation, how would you actually approach that, right? Um, I think with, with that, I'm going to go back to, a, to an age-old uh, approach. And a lot of students may already know about this approach. It's called the STAR approach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's still very relevant and it works. And, and I think if you, if you, you know, research it and if you know how to use it, it works really, really well. You know, if you're able to build up your situation, and this is where students make a lot of mistakes is they they think they need to describe the entire scenario in full detail and that's not the case right employers just want a snapshot into what the scenario was um, then they want to know you know the specific task so what was the ask around um, the the specific project that you were working on what were the tasks that you were expected to complete um, the actions part of the star approach is what are the specific steps that you took so again going back to how you approached it what are the steps that you took did you work with your team so when we're talking about leadership skills um, did you go to your manager did you ask clarifying questions did you research on your own are you someone who you know can take on independent you know take that work on independently and then come back to your manager and ask some clarifying and I would say even thoughtful questions and then of course the last piece of uh, the star that a lot of students miss out on is the results we want to know what was the outcome so you worked on this great project or this great initiative or your manager gave you something and told you to run with it you know what was the outcome of it did you you know reduce spending did you come up with new assumptions <laughs> whatever the case might be we want to know what the outcome was and and uh, whether what you learned from it right at the end of the day so i think those are you know that's the next piece and that's kind of the behavioral questions of the interview and then the final piece is the closing piece so it is the questions that you're going to ask in the interview which are so critical and we can touch on that later as well um, but also the thank you thank you for having me thank you for giving me this opportunity and then you know um, maybe even asking what next steps are yeah that really um wraps up what are the steps of an interview thank you so much um now i want to go back a little bit about the first thing that you said so the first impression is it really true that it greatly affects how the interviewer will feel about the candidate and if if you make a bad impression is it possible to kind of recover from it during the interview or it's done <laughs> <laughs> very, very good question. I think the uh, there's so many studies on this uh, in regards to the first impression. Um, I found a stat recently, I was reading a study that said 33% of employers know who they're going to hire in the first 90 seconds of an interview. 
So, you know, the impact that first impression has is so critical. Um, And, you know, that first impression kind of to what I touched on earlier is, you know, again, about the body language, the posture, uh, the expressions, eye contact, a lot of employers said that they wouldn't hire that person simply because they didn't maintain eye contact. And that is a sign of confidence, right? That that individual's level of confidence um, is so key and also posture, which becomes important. Um, you know, the way that you're presenting yourself in terms of how you're dressed as well, right? Um, Zoom helps us a little bit, I think, with that because, you know, we can put on a, a nice shirt and, you know, fix our hair or whatever it is. You don't see half exactly. <laughs> you only see that have so if you want to wear pajamas on the bottom that's fine we're not seeing that but you know it's important to to maintain that composure and then again a smile right throughout the interview as you're answering questions maintain a smile that's why that practice with friends and family is so important because you'll catch yourself if you're not making eye contact then they'll they'll be able to point that out for you um or if you're not smiling throughout and how you're answering questions, those are so important because that's how they, that's how managers, you know, again, gauge how you're going to interact and fit into the community, right? How you're going to fit onto their team. So definitely important. Um, Do I think you can recover? Yes, uh, definitely do. Because I think although that first impression is important, if you don't think you've made a really strong impression at the, the beginning, make it at the end you know, end it off really, really strong, whether you're in person and you give them a really strong handshake and maybe that first one wasn't good, uh, it's okay. And practice handshakes too. When we go back in person, um, that's going to be, that's going to be important. I, I will always love a firm handshake, not don't break my hand, but you know, give me a, a firm handshake. All right. Um, so practicing can really help uh, students for interviews and practicing the handshake as well. So now I want to talk a bit about uh, your CV. So how can you improve your CV so that it impacts positively the interview? Mm-hmm. I think, uh, again, a lot of students or even in those who are seeking jobs feel that employers need a ton of details on a CV, right? And that's not the case. We we as in, uh, recruiters don't have a lot of time to go through resumes, right? And the entire application package. So literally, we might be scanning, a, a, you know, an application package in a couple of minutes and, and moving on from it. So I think it's important um, that, you know, at the very top of your CV, you're highlighting some of your core competencies or skills. You know, what are some of the technical skills that you bring to the table? Any special designations that you're going for or already have? Um, list your highlight of your achievements. I love seeing achievements on a resume. I like to see, you know, that, you know, as part of a project that you did academically, you, you know, this is what you learned from it. Or in a co-op or internship, this is a project that you worked on and this was the achievement that came from it. Um, I like seeing that at the top um, of a resume even. And then a few bullet points under each of your experiences is more than enough, but make sure those bullet points are strong and and uh, provide you know a good context as to what you did in that role. Um, of course, listing your education is, is, is always critical, right? Um, the other thing I would say is, in, in keeping with that no detail uh, is one to two pages max. I, I don't, again, don't need anything more than that. So your resume is really about highlighting those skills and those achievements. Your cover letter, if you're including one and your employer or the employer requires it, is really about telling your story, I think. 
you know, it's about sharing, you know, some of the learnings that you've had, it's sharing about some of the experiences that you've had, but it's not about saying, you know, at this company, I did XYZ, because that should be on your resume. It's more about saying, this is what I've learned from these initiatives, or these are some of the volunteer um, programs that I've been a part of, or I've really picked up on some of these core skill sets that I think, again, would be of value to this role. So that's, uh, I'm going to pause there because uh, hopefully that that answered your question. Yeah, it answers my question. And I think the CV is definitely a great tool to show what you've been up to and your experience. And so that kind of is related to my next question. Um, so if someone doesn't have a lot of experience, can they still be a good candidate? Yes, absolutely. I think that's a, that's a great question. I think a, a lot of you know, students might not apply for a position because they look at the competency section or the requirement section and they say, oh, yeah, I don't have that, right? I don't have that. But again, that's where, you know, the cover letter comes into play, the resume comes into play in terms of being able to describe maybe some transferable skills, right? Maybe you don't have direct experience in those areas, but are there, again, certain projects or initiatives that you've worked on where you can transfer some of those skill sets over, right? And I think that's, you know, again, so important for us as interviewers to know about in the interview as well, uh, as well as on the CV is, is how do you connect that prior, you know, that other experience to this role. And that almost helps you, you know, even more, if anything. So I don't think you always need direct experience. And, you know, students who are in their first couple of years and going into internships and co-ops, there shouldn't be an expectation from employers that you do have the experience. Mm -hmm. You know, I think from Sun Life's perspective, we're always trying to bring in new skill sets and, you know, individuals, again, who will bring different types of value to the organization. So we're not looking for just that direct experience. We want other types of things, right? All right. Um, now, I want to ask you one question about um, how to make yourself special or <laughs> memorable. How can someone kind of stand out from the crowd? Um, I think when uh, we were networking quite a bit, whether it was in in person or um, other types of um, events where we met students, even virtual networking, stories go a long way. And I always tell students, it's kind of that elevator pitch, right? So have your 30 second elevator pitch. And it's not just Hi, I'm, you know, Miriam, and I'm an actuarial science student. And, you know, I uh, play hockey, you know, tell me a little bit more, share a story with me, you know, and, and those are the ones that I remember the most is people who tell me about, you know, different travel experiences that they've had, um, different volunteer opportunities that they've been a part of, and some of the big achievements that came out of those, then, you know, often you find managers who sit together and they debrief um, on who they've met. And, um, you often hear managers saying there was that one person who talked about the, that experience they had in Africa and it was great. What was that person's name? I really like that person. So it's about, you know, your your personal story and your personal journey that you want to shine as opposed to just your, you know, your academic and your um, co-op or internship experiences. All right. So I hope that helps. Yeah, that answers my question. Now, if, for example, you're a student, you're in an interview and they ask you a question, but you don't know how to answer. What would you suggest doing in that case? Um, so I'd say in that case, if it's because you haven't had a direct experience 
um, to be able to draw from to answer that question, then it's, I'd say to start, be honest about it. You know, don't make up an answer. It's so easy to tell when someone's making up an answer. So please don't do that. Um, but be honest about it. Say, you know what? I haven't had a direct experience with this. However, approach it either in a hypothetical. So this is what I would do in this scenario. Or if you have similar type of experiences or again, other type of things that you've done that you can draw from and say, you know what, I can't directly answer the question, but I know in this project that I worked on, this is how I approached it. And that's how I would tie it back to this example. Mm -hmm. So either one. So it, it could be either that you're, you're saying this is how I would approach the situation uh, that allows to sh showcase, you know, your creative thinking skills, uh, your critical thinking skills as well. Um, or it could be that you're drawing from a different experience. Right. And um, previously, you mentioned at the end or during the interview to ask question to the interviewer. So first of all, the interviews are first a discussion with someone else. So it's good to ask questions. So what are some examples of good questions to ask? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm always shocked when students don't have any questions at the end. So I think even if it's an open discussion and the interviewer has answered questions for you throughout, please still have at least, you know, two to three questions prepared at the end. It's so critical. And it um, just, it shows, you know, that you you're someone who really cares um, and is invested in in the opportunity. Um, some couple of examples. I think um, for students specifically is asking what type of professional or personal development opportunities are available with the organization. So how will they be, you know, even an additional question is how will I be supported throughout, you know, my co-op or internship or even my new graduate uh, opportunity? Um, are there, you know, performance evaluations? Are there training and courses that I can take, uh, learning materials that I can read up on my own. I think it's it, it just shows that, again, you're someone who identifies that there are lots of areas still for improvement and that you, you want to know that the organization has some of those initiatives in place. So that's really, really, I think, one of the key questions to always ask. Um, if you know the, the specifics about the role, if it's a particular role that you're applying for, then maybe asking a little bit about how you would work with the team and how you work directly with your manager as well. So what does that working relationship look like? Again, who do you go to for support? Uh, what are some projects that you'll be working on so that maybe you can prepare in advance for? Um, those are, you know, again, provides you more of an idea as to the role that you're stepping into in advance. And um, if there are any uh, organization specific questions that you're interested in asking for. So maybe you want to take part in a specific volunteer initiative that the company's taking part in. It might be good to ask some of those questions. Uh, the interviewer might not always have answers to those questions, but doesn't mean that, you know, it's, it's okay to ask those. Um, I think also asking, you know, maybe a little bit of about 
career advice in a sense. So again, those interviewers are professionals, they may already be in some of those roles. So even asking them, you know, what are some things I can do now to, um, you know, prepare myself for this role potentially or future roles? Are there specific training courses or research or projects you think I could take on now outside of my academics um, that you think would be really helpful for me? Or is there anything that maybe you did in your, you know, career journey that really supported your development as well. Again, asking a lot of questions about, you know, how you can progress, it shows that, again, you care about your professional development, which is what employers are, you know, always keen to see, right? All right, that's very good to know. And um, once you finish the interview, uh, you mentioned to uh, thanking them properly, but should students like maybe add the interviewer on LinkedIn or email them. Thank you. Should I do something or um, just wait for an answer? Yeah, I, I absolutely think that you should keep connected with that network and um, and and let them know in the interview too, you know, is, you know, is it okay if I add you on LinkedIn? I'd love to just keep in touch with you um, and do that. Do that right away afterwards and also send a thank you note. I still love receiving those thank you notes, but not just a thank you for your time. That's important to say, thank you so much for your time and giving me this opportunity, but reiterate, um, you know, the skills and reiterate the value that you know that you're going to bring to that role. Mm -hmm. um, and that's always important to, to add into that thank you message as well. And, and trust me, I know from experience that thank you message gets passed around um, to other, you know, managers who might be in that recruiting process. And they say, uh -huh. yeah, wow, they, they sent a really nice thank you message. It's a good reflection on, on that person for sure. Oh, that kind of surprised me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's an insider tip. Yeah. Um, now, uh, we're coming very close to the end of the episode. And my next question is, how are online interviews different from in-person interviews? Yeah, um, I think... It, it's difficult when you're online because of the fact that you're you're not able to really showcase a lot of that key body language that sometimes you know employers um, use to assess again your level of confidence and whatnot. So it's a little bit different. And even as an individual, I find it sometimes even more difficult to communicate a thought when I'm not in person, right? Because you feel a little bit more connected to that person when you're sitting across from them. Um, again, you're able to use, you know, hand gestures or body language to really portray what you're trying to say. And that can be really, really powerful, sometimes more than what you're saying. Um, so I think that's been really the difference. Um, of course, shaking someone's hand takes away a little bit of that personal touch as well. Um, but I think we're doing really well in terms of online virtual interviews nowadays. I think that, you know, you know, using our cameras and um, again, still being able to to communicate well in an online setting. Uh, of course, technical issues always happen in, in online scenarios and nothing to be done by that. Um, but don't get flustered because we're all in the same boat with that. And we, you know, as interviewers understand that those technical issues can arise. Um, so don't get nervous about it. Don't be flustered about it. But yeah, I think, again, to to wrap that up, just to say that it's it's more of the personal approach that maybe has gotten lost with not being in person. Um, but we're working with what we can online. So yeah, it's definitely evolving. And um, 
yeah, the online and in-person interviews are different, but uh, it's just we have to adapt and um, just go with it. Um, so now, do you have any advice for listeners? I think from aside from everything I've probably already said, um, I think that the, the big thing going into interviews or networking or any type of recruitment scenario, it's really, really important to, again, build your own personal story um, and kind of build a brand for yourself, right? Know why, again, going back to knowing what your strengths are, what areas of improvement that you want to be able to tackle in that next opportunity, um, but also what are the what's the value that you're bringing to that organization? Um, that all kind of kind of ties into your personal brand and who you are as an individual. Uh, your experiences and your background go a long way, um, and so just showcase that. You know, if you if you you know know what what are some of the unique traits and skills that you're bringing for the organization, then you know it becomes a lot easier to go into a, a networking session or interview and really showcase that. All right, thank you so much. It's been really really useful. Um, if some students still have some questions for you, what is the best way to reach you? Uh, good question. So I would say on my LinkedIn page, connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm fairly active there. And, uh, and if you're interested in specific opportunities, uh, feel free to let me know and just drop me a line in LinkedIn. And uh, if I can't help you, then I have a really awesome team of uh, campus recruiters here who manage a number of different programs. So I can always redirect you to the best person. Perfect. Thank you. Um, so the key takeaways from this episode, our guest speaker gave important tips on how to perform well during interviews. We also discussed um, related topics such as making a good impression, improving your CV, networking, and how to make yourself memorable. Um, so she then elaborated on the difference between remote interviews compared to in-person interviews and finished with some good advice about um, thinking about your personal brand and what value you can bring to the company. Um, thank you so much, Miriam, for being a guest speaker. Oh, you're absolutely welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. And thank you all for listening. You can reach us through social media. All our links will be on the Masa website. And stay tuned for the next episode. Mm -hmm.